You're listening to the podcast where you can feast on all the information in the world of sports. Now, here's your host, Tommy Yu. All right. The State of the Franchise podcast series breakdown fan favorite, of course, of our series is continuing on. I believe we are now in the final four and the team that came in fourth. You guys already see it in the title below. It's it's a little bit different because it used to be Kenny's team, but Brett just took over the team. And I guess there are some additional things we could talk about since Brett took over. I know he's only been here for a short amount of time, but he started to slowly make it his own. He immediately came in and, uh, did some things. So that's great to see. But before we dive in there, let's start with the appetizer. Of course, I am joined by our, my fearless co-host, Darren. But before we get started, I guess, Darren, our very last episode was actually on you. I had two awesome guys from Oregon, as you know, Max and Welch joined me to kind of tag team that episode. And it was a little bit longer and I would just kind of want to get your take on it. What did you think of the episode? Yeah, I mean, I thought it was good. I thought everyone was pretty fair. You guys are pretty nice to my my running backs even though like i know that they're they're pretty bad um the only thing i had a, a tiff with is that uh when <laughs> max <laughs> max said that uh i have like a reputation of like kind of badgering the only person that said that is kenny and i only had to do it with kenny because he doesn't answer his goddamn phone <laughs> if kenny just answered his phone i wouldn't have had to do that <laughs> but kenny you have to stay on top of him which is why he's now a co-owner because he just couldn't handle the owner life. I don't so know. Welch to, even kind of backed it up a little bit. He was like, yeah, I see. Yeah, I, could, I definitely get that. I de- but because Welch is so level-headed, maybe he won't take it as badgering because, you know, he enjoys it. But for someone who might not be used to it, they're like, oh, man, here's Darren again. No, it's just it was just Kenny because I don't anybody else like it's I, like I'll try. And then like if I know that it's not going anywhere, I'll just, you know, I'll give up. Maybe I'll check in later, like a week or two later and be like, hey, change your mind yet. But you, but Kenny gets just, the full full like, course, gets the full yeah, unleashed Darren. Because I like is knowing Kenny, like I just know how he is. And I know that like you have to kind of just keep up with him like he's like like a child, you know. Like he's like Kenny, you gotta you gotta focus, you gotta focus. <laughs> well, I'm know, glad like, you liked the episode because it was that. one of my favorites to put together so far. It's always a lot of fun being able to talk to the other guys. I'm hoping we get additional guests. I'm actually coordinating uh, with some of the new co-owners. If I haven't reached out to or not co-owners, sorry, the new owners. If I haven't reached out to you guys yet, um, respect or expect a DM soon. And I'm pretty much talking to Brett, Zach, and Steve. So hopefully I'll be able to get one of you guys for some of the episodes to kind of introduce yourself, which is something we did way, way in the beginning of, I guess, the birth of this podcast. We used to have new owners on just to kind of be able to interview them and kind of chat with them. So I'm excited for that. But Um, Let's continue. The other things on the appetizer, Darren, one of the big things that finally went through that everyone was expecting, uh, thankfully there was no pushback, was that PDL tight end premium. And I know anytime this comes up, people kind of get shell shocked. Ooh, tongue twister. And they're like, whoa, like that's going to change up the league completely. And I'm not saying it's not going to. It's I feel like it's not going to make a devastating change as people think, because some people think tight end premium. Oh, what does that mean? Are they going to get like five points per catch? No, no. They only get half a point more compared to other positions, but that still is a respectable bump. So I'm not trying to downplay that this will have no impact. But I remember, Darren, we were all texting um, last night and then you're kind of shining a special light into uh, how this would have impacted if tight end premium was in last year. So do you recall some of those cool things that you brought up? Yeah. Yeah. So um, Robert Tanyan and 
uh, Logan Thomas were tied for third place with the uh, tight end points last year. They both had 176.6. I, I don't mm-hmm. know how it came down to that close, but they were tied. Um, both of them would have been the wide receiver 13 if they were like wide receivers. Um, they both would have had eight less points than AJ Brown. Uh, they would have had more points than Robert Woods. Um, that's just like the guy that I can remember. Um, Travis Kelsey already, he already would have been the wide receiver one by 11 points. He, he already <laughs> had more points. He already had more points than Devontae Adams. With TE Premium, he would have been the wide receiver one by 65 points. Yo. So, He's um he's gonna be it's gonna like it's it's cool because it's gonna make the tight ends like the guys like like right now I have like Hawkinson and Fant and normally like I'm just looking at it like all right which one would I want to start this week um because you usually only want to start one tight end because it's like a boring position but now like they with the T premium the that little slight bump it makes them like viable for the flex position as well so if I want to start if Hawk and Fan both have a good matchup. I can be like, you know, maybe I'll start both of them this week because both of them are viable in this kind of format, which is pretty cool. I agree. And I feel like the current tight end pool is kind of very shallow. It's really, really top heavy. And it's funny that you brought up Logan Thomas and Tunyon because Tunyon, I specifically know he did not get a lot of volume, but I feel like almost every other catch was a touchdown. So that's why it like was so good for him. Um, and that's mostly how I almost viewed tight ends in my head. I was thinking if they don't get a touchdown, they're going to get me like two points. If that, but if they fall into the end zone, they will most likely be a tight end one this week. But now, yes. Um, some of those tight ends that are more volume dependent, will get that giant bump, but like, Oh dude, imagine if I had Zach Ertz like four years ago, dude, <laughs> it would be oh like so good because he would end his like stat line would be like eight catches for like 62 yards, maybe a touchdown, but like yeah. the touchdown wasn't important because he was just like that uh, PPR machine. And so if we had a tight end premium on there, he would be bolstered like no other, but a uh, I don't know. I feel like as the league is moving to more air it out, air it out, air it out, I just assume that a lot of these tight ends would also rise with them. But it's funny because most tight ends that I see now, they're like big play threats. It doesn't make any sense to me. If you just look at the top tight ends, they're just like more big play guys than high volume guys. So it's it's a little bit odd. So people like Zach Ertz and um, I can't even say Mark Andrews because Mark Andrews breaks a, a huge amount of big plays, especially when he's fully healthy and stuff. It's just weird that I view that now where it's like, not like the big clunky slow guys who are just like the, uh, I'm trying to think of like some slow tight ends back then, dude, like Jeremy Shockey or, Oh dude, who was that one? Re- Cooley. Remember Cooley? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank so like, Cooley. yeah, like <laughs> these type of uh, tight ends where they just, pretty much got most of their stats due to pure volume. Whereas now it's almost flipped because everyone's so athletic. So I'm excited to see the kind of changes that this has. But like you mentioned, I think the biggest one is it's not just plug and done. It's now, Oh wait, I might have other tight ends that might be able to work in my flex. And that's a really, really cool thought. And I'm sure you are probably smiling because you do have one of the stronger tight end groups in the entire league, right? Yeah, I mean, I I I like Hawk and Fan. I like both of them, and I have Cole Komet too, who probably should take a little bit of a jump this mm-hmm. year. Um, I mean, they only have Andy Dalton, so it's not like he's playing with a superstar over there. But um, I think he's good. Like he was the best tight end in the, the class last year. 
So uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe this year I'll be rolling out a three tight end week or something. <laughs> like, uh, the Patriots method, I see. <laughs> it, it's all working out over in San Diego, which I guess it's finally nice that things are going your way, especially with the whole Deshaun Watson thing happening over to you. But, you know, that's for another story because I'm sure that stuff is still developing. So let's head over to the main course brett's team he took over kenny's old team but before we kind of break down you know the uh, different roster and players that he has and whatnot we always like to break down the trade there so uh what are some of the trades that we want to talk about that not brett or actually no the very first one is actually the one that brett made is that correct yeah so this is i went like most recent to backwards um the oldest i guess within the past year um we talked about this on well you guys just talked about it on my episode uh, where Brett sent Cooper Cup and the 3.03. He got Marquise Brown, Sterling Shepard, Bryson Hopkins, and the 3.02. Um, I guess we don't have to talk to too much about it because you guys literally just did a couple days ago. Um, but I think that – I think it was a fair trade for both sides. It's kind of like you're, you're gunning for the upside of Marquise Brown and, like, the guess, like, the stability of Cooper Cup. Like, you kind of – you know what he is. Like, you know what you're going to get. Um, he's like a low endish wide receiver too, but Marquise Brown has those spike weeks where he could be putting up like 25 points in a week and he could win you the week. So, and he also gets Sonic Shepard back in the slot. Yeah, I agree. It's, if you look at his team right now, he did need a little bit more youth. And although Cooper Cup isn't someone that's super old by any means, I, I mean, for you, you're probably already looking yeah, at retirement he's... homes for him. <laughs> but for Brett, it definitely didn't hurt him. He got a little bit more depth because it's not like he just traded Cup for Hollywood straight up. He also got Sterling Shepard, like you mentioned and stuff. So overall, I think it was uh, it was a pretty decent trade on both sides. And so now let's break down some additional trades that Kenny actually did to kind of slowly start molding this team what are some trades that you want to talk about that kenny has done okay so i guess we could talk about the one like it, this was like a trade with me also and it was more of like a win now move so kenny kenny finished in second place last year so he knew he had a window um he sent me the aforementioned martise brown and a 2022 first round pick for julio jones and a 2021 third um for at the time, Julio was healthy. Um, he just came off of a good game, and it looked like Julio might be like that piece to put Kenny over the top. Mm -hmm. um, maybe if he had Julio in that matchup with you, I don't I don't remember what the final score is, but maybe he would have had a better chance. Um, it definitely would have been closer, I think. Uh, but unfortunately for Kenny, I think he had him for one week and then he got hurt again, and then he yeah. didn't play the rest of the year. So. Um, it didn't really work out for Kenny, but I can't blame him because it is like a win now move. He knew he had the window. Obviously, it it didn't work out exactly how he wanted it to, but he did come in second place. So he knew what he was doing and it it almost paid off. Yeah. And I, even looking at it now, even with the injuries, I feel like if I was in Kenny's position, I would have done it too. Because at the time, if I'm Kenny, I'm thinking I have a shot to win the championship, which like you mentioned, he was just a few points away from being able to, you know, do exactly that and so he was probably thinking okay so my team will hopefully continue to be good even through 2022 and this first might not even be that early and you know maybe i don't believe in hollywood so in return i'm about to get julio like heck yeah that's what i'm going to do unfortunately it didn't work out for him and i guess now it's kind of brett's burden to figure out hey 
am I going to continue to try to win now or am I going to try to cash out? But for my uh, preliminary discussions with Brett, I think Brett is, I, I would say he's he would be a fan of this trade too because I know he likes Julio a lot and he looks like he is all in. He wants to try to win the championship. So I feel like him getting Julio kind of solidified and maybe was another thing to think about that kind of initiated the trade with you with Hollywood Brown and cup and stuff like that. Be like, all right, because I have Julio, maybe I could be a little bit riskier here and there kind of thing. So it's kind of cool to see that domino effect or the butterfly effect, if you will, from some of the moves that Kenny has done that might've impacted something that Brett did after taking over. Yeah. And it's, it's obvious that Kenny has a team that can compete. Like we have them ranked fourth right now. So if you're in the top four, um, theoretically you have like a 25% chance to win, you know? Um, so he's still in win now mode and Julio is still going to be very good this year. He was like, I think he was like top two in one of, I forget what the exact metric was, but it was like yards per target or something like that. And he was yard, he was number two still. So like, he's still good. He just has to be healthy. Yeah, I 100% agree. And like I said, even looking at it, I don't, Darren, you know, I don't like to defend you a lot, but I mean, the evidence is in front of me. A lot of the trades that we've broken down that you've been a part of, I'm like, dude, it, it's not that trade rape that like everyone says like, oh, here comes Darren making out like a band. <laughs> I'm looking at it. I'm like, yo, Darren just got Hollywood. Yeah, he got another first, but I mean, he gave up Julio. It's not like you gave up like Darius Slayton for Hollywood Brown at first. Like, no, you gave up Julio freaking Jones. And I understand that he's a little bit older, but he's one of those players that's an alpha. Like, I don't care how good Calvin Ridley is. When Julio Jones is completely healthy, it's really hard. Like, once again, don't hear what I'm not saying. Calvin Ridley is phenomenal. One of the best. He, he ended up as what? A top five wide receiver last year for sure. But yep. when Julio is completely healthy, and this might just be a me thing, I have a very hard time believing, oh, sorry, now it's Calvin Ridley. See, I'm like, ah, dude, yeah. uh, Julio Jones is an alien. So when he's healthy, you can't tell me that Matty Ice isn't going to throw in the ball because he's one of the most dominant wide receivers ever. And so I, once again, I, it's kind of defending you saying, hey, here's yet another trade where I'm like, no, I think it's a push. If anything, it's, it, it's, it's very even and things like that. And so... I know there's like a slew of other smaller trades that you want to kind of talk about that Kenny has also done, right? Yeah. And I think these can be uh, grouped into bad trades Kenny made. Um, and I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I really know what he was doing when he made any of these trades. So he traded a, a third round pick for Richard Higgins, which I have in capital letters, <laughs> SMH shaking my head. I don't know why. It's pretty why. much become like, a meme between you and I, right? Like anytime something happens, like, man, I wish I loved you <laughs> as much as Kenny loves Rashard Higgins, man. It makes no sense because he's clearly at, at best the number three option on that team. And that, Do you remember how much he complained when he had to cut him to make a roster move or something to make extra room on his team yeah. to get someone? He was bitching and someone else picked him up. He's like, oh, I knew it. And then I think he yeah. tilted so hard and then traded a third and one. He I was like, third. <laughs> Kenny, if you literally waited like another two, three weeks, I guarantee he would have been cut. <laughs> <laughs> but then he also traded um, Mike Gusecki. Oh, and a second is And a second round pick for Nick Foles and a third. And this is obviously like an Eagles Homer bias thing because I can't explain any other reason why you would do this. Here, hold on. <laughs> I think what you are saying is completely right. Like I understand. Oh, hindsight 2020, maybe at the, no, no. As soon as it happened, Darren and I were texting each other saying, what the heck is Kenny yeah. doing? 
This is for Nick Foles. Like, like Gesicki, we think he's going to be good. And at the time, remember, we knew it was going to go to tight end premium the next year. It's not like this past owners meeting was the first time it came out. We already approved of it heading into 2021. So I was sitting there thinking, hold on a second. Is Am I living in a world where Gesicki didn't get, you know, a bump and he's getting better every single year, becoming more of a threat, getting more comfortable? Because like we always mentioned, tight end takes a little bit of time to get better. But for some reason, Kenny was like, nah, bro, I'm about to trade him and a second for Nick Foles and a third. What? Yeah, I had no idea. Like, if it, even if it was the, the the picks were swapped and Kenny gave up a third and he got back a second, it would still be bad, I think. Like, I have no idea what he was doing. <laughs> like, I just don't I just don't get it. But, I mean, I don't know. And then the next one, it might be the worst one of all of them because he traded Allen Robinson – Robbie Anderson for Cooper Cup, Jalen Richard, and Duke Johnson. So he, he more or less my traded, mouth. <laughs> he more or less traded Allen Robinson and Robbie Anderson for Cooper Cup. Which that's exactly which, what he did. Which why why would you even trade Allen Robinson for Cooper Cup to begin with? Like if I off I have Cooper Cup right now. If I offered Cooper Cup to Max for Allen Robinson, he would laugh me off with the face of the earth. Like he wouldn't he would not do that. Like, I don't know. And don't correct know. me if I'm wrong. Robbie Anderson had a flaming hot start in 2020. And, yeah. I think he was and like a top Max, three wide receiver. And I feel yeah, like just Max Robbie Anderson for, for Cooper Cup alone would have been like, okay, but nah, Kenny was like, yeah. you know what? I feel charitable. Let me give you Allen fucking Robinson too. Max later traded Robbie Anderson for a first round pick. So Kenny basically traded Allen Robinson in a first round pick for Cooper Cup. <laughs> I just, I'm at a loss for words, which is crazy because I am typically the chattier one. I, I I could talk to a wall for hours, but when I look at this trade, I'm like, man, thank God that Kenny now has a little bit more of like a filter through Kev. I'm not saying that Kev is a great filter to have, but I mean, like Kev will maybe look at it and be like, yo, what the hell? Yeah, he'll like mediate it a little bit. Like he'll be like, Kenny, no. Like, cause that's what I did when I was like his co-owner. Like he would send me, like he was, when I was his co-owner, he was literally trying to trade for Rashard Higgins then. And I was like, Kenny, I will leave. I will literally leave if you trade for Rashard Higgins. I will burn I will this place to the fucking that. ground if you do this. <laughs> I was like, I will not be a part of that because it was like how um, Sashi Brown forgot to turn in the papers so that Hugh Jackson couldn't trade for AJ McCarron. Like I would have done the same thing. Sorry, like, man, no. didn't get the facts yet. <laughs> I mean, like, no, absolutely not. We are not. I don't even care if it's a fourth-round pick. We are not trading it for Richard Higgins. That's just not going to happen. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, so it's kind of cool because isn't it also kind of sad because this is the owner that has the highest win percentage in PDL history so far? And he he, he could stamp that. I mean, it, it's permanent yep. unless someone else yep. can uh, change things. I know I mentioned that I'm working on a website right now. I mean, Kenny essentially retired that best win percentage ever. I'm hoping that one of us will eventually put together enough winning seasons where we can surpass them. But it pains me to say yeah. someone who's made these two terrible, terrible trades is still flexing and be like, Hey, I don't care if you guys pick on me. Cause I'm the winningest owner ever. And I, I mean, that's a good flex. I can't, I can't retort around. I'm like, uh, you're right. I mean, you're, you're totally right. You're better than I am because you have things to, pr- uh, no, actually no. Cause I have a fucking championship. So fuck you, Kenny. That's true. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. We spent a lot of time on kind of some things that kind of shape the team. So let's break down his roster. What does, oh boy, I'm looking in front of me, but Darren, please tell me what his quarterback room looks like. 
Um, so he has a couple question marks. He has Big Ben, who it's probably his last year, so he deserves a question mark. Uh, Jimmy G, who I, I don't know what's going to happen with him. Obviously, San Francisco's taking a quarterback, so maybe they trade him and he's a starting quarterback somewhere. Um, but if they keep him, he's probably not going to be starting quarterback this whole season. Um, so he obviously gets a question mark. And yes, Kirk Cousins, who's as as much as people don't like Kirk Cousins, he's usually pretty good. Like he's usually like a high end QB two, like low end QB one. So that's the only person that, unfortunately for Brett, that's the only quarterback he has who's like stable. <laughs> yeah, and I mean Cousins has been lights out at least in a fantasy context, and also you know having Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, yeah. and Dalvin Cook yeah. definitely does not hurt at all, but. Like you mentioned, Big Ben. Yes, like, dude, last year when I actually watched Pittsburgh games, it was so painful to watch. Like, people used to rag on Tarod Taylor, Alex Smith, like, uh, all the, like, the check down Kellys, if you will. Like, they would pick on him all the time. But for some reason, Ben got, like, a pass. But I'm really glad that it's kind of surfaced and be like, yeah, dude, he held the ball, like, 0.4 seconds, and it would be out of his hands. And he just does not look good at all. And I finally am validated because every time I look at Ben, I'm like, that is not an athlete. That's just some fat guy that can throw the ball. Like, that's so dumb. And maybe it's catching up to him. But, of course, the question mark is merited. And same with Jimmy G. We don't know what's going to happen. I still believe that he is going to be the 49ers quarterback, at least for next year, unless they trade him away while also selecting McCorkle or Fields or someone else. But I mean, at least for next year, Brett is still looking okay, but it's like there's a lot of duct tape and band-aids holding this quarterback room together, at least in my opinion. So I would love to hear your take on Big Ben and Jimmy G. Yeah, and it's kind of, he's in a he's in a spot where he, he basically has to try and win this year you know um because if he tries to sell big ben or jimmy j like he's not probably not going to get value for him as like big ben I don't, I don't see anybody trade for big ben and jimmy g like if he goes if he gets traded somewhere where he's the starting quarterback he'd probably get back value for him but he basically like he's in the position with these quarterbacks where he has this like one year window where he's got to try and win which He's got a shot, so I, I don't blame him, but that's basically he's pigeonholed into that because that's what, what Kenny set him up for. Yeah, I, I completely agree, and especially being in a super flex league, it is definitely something he's going to have to look into, and really? I have some bad news for Brett. Um, it doesn't look I, – I know we're going to get to it a little bit, so, of course, spoiler alert, but it doesn't look like you have a lot of draft capital to make, you know, maybe a big move yeah. in the rookie draft to be able to get one. Like, how awesome would it be in this upcoming draft that's filled with so many good young quarterbacks? Whether you believe him or not, this would be the draft that have some good capital and to at least try to patch it up, but it looks like he's going to have to kick that can a little bit down the road. So, with how spotty his quarterback room looks like, uh, is it kind of redeemed when you look at the running back room? Well, I mean, you would think it would be great with that Jalen Richard and Duke Johnson trade he made, right? <laughs> uh, but uh, it's uh, it's not deep. I can say that. Like, he has Dalvin Cook, who's incredible, like top three dynasty running back. Um, and then he has Josh Jacobs, who kind of got screwed with the Kenyon Drake signing. But that's all he really has. Other than that, like he doesn't have anybody worth mentioning. So basically, if one of those two guys, I mean, he has Alexander Madison, who can be Cook's replacement. But if Josh Jacobs gets hurt, he's screwed. Like, I, I don't know what he's, I don't know what he's going to do. Like, <laughs> he's not, he doesn't have anybody else that like is startable. Like he has Mark Ingram and like 
guys like that but like what are they gonna get for you like three points like you know <laughs> that's like, not anyone like you kind of clench your butt cheeks while you put them in your starting roster you're like oh god i really hope something goes really well but like you mentioned i never want to wish or predict any injuries ever because these are human beings i don't want to be like yeah, yeah this guy is probably gonna like break his arm and that's what i expect from no not at all but if history has anything to say with it dude josh jacobs does not have the best history of health and yeah, and neither does Dalvin Cook. And so I, I don't know. Uh, right now, I'm very, very concerned because this is kind of, I know you and I would talk about Kenny's team all the time. Last year, we'd be just kind of sitting, just talking about all the good contenders. And of course, Kenny had one of our favorite teams that we really liked. But we kept saying, dude, this team is literally one injury away from just completely falling apart. And it's funny because now that Brett has inherited that team, it kind of has that same thesis, at least especially when it comes to the running back room, like we were talking about right now. If Josh Jacobs goes down or Dalvin Cook, or hell, what if both of them go down? I don't I don't think, like Travis Kelsey is a god. And uh, I know we already talked about Travis Kelsey on top of the show and what Titan Premium did, spoiler alert. Uh, Brett has Travis Kelsey now, but I mean, Travis Kelsey could have 100 more points than the next wide receiver, but that won't make up for the fact that you have literally no depth left at running back. And uh, I'm very hard pressed to believe that big Ben is somehow going to get better after how bad he looked last year. Like he's another year older. Am I now going to be like, Oh, you know what? That was an off year. He is now better now. I mean, he's surrounded by enough talent to be good and stuff, but trying to reflect back on the running backs, Dalvin cook, of course, lock him up top five. Josh Jacobs, though, I don't know. Didn't uh, Las Vegas just get another running back to kind of compliment him as well? Yeah, they got Kenyon Drake. So, like, now it's going to be I, – I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how it's going to play out, but obviously he's going to eat into some of Josh Jacobs' touches and catches and whatever. Like, yeah. So, it's – it's he, he was – I don't know exactly where he was. I think he was an RB1 last year, like a low-end RB1. And you got to think that he's a – at best an RB two this year um, just with all the touches that are going to be eaten into of his own. Um, so you got to think like, I mean, he could still be like a high end RB two, like RB 13 or 14 or whatever, you know, but he's, he's going to drop a little bit. Yeah. I'm looking at uh, the roster right now. He was an RB eight last year. He was a top 10 running back, which is weird because just kind of the way that, his season went, you would think that he fell outside of the top 20 because everyone like hates Josh Jacobs all of a sudden. And I don't yeah. ha- I don't hate him at all. I think he's fantastic. But my biggest yeah. concern isn't his talent. It's not even his injury history. It's the fact that Gruden is a dinosaur. He loves workhorse running backs, dude. He loves them. And that's what he thought he was getting in Josh Jacobs, which is why they took him in the first round. And now it's scary to me that, you know, he is kind of talking to Mayock and he's like, you know, Maybe Josh Jacobs can't be that workhorse that we want. Let's go get Kenyon Drake. And say what you want about Kenyon Drake. He's no slouch. Like, he could be a starter, like a straight-up starter on a lot of teams. And Las Vegas went out and got him, which is great. But that's that's not good. Like, I'd much rather um, them having gotten, like, Duke Johnson or something like that, which, of course, would eat into Josh Jacobs, like, passing downs and stuff like that. But, like, Kenyon Drake can do it all just like Josh Jacobs. So that's why I'm like, damn, now they got, like, 1A, 1B. I don't view it as Josh Jacobs clear-cut number one and then Kenyon Drake clear-cut number two. I know a lot of people might see it that way, but I I, I don't know. I, I think Kenyon Drake is good enough to eat into Josh Jacobs' time a lot more than people think. So that's why when I look at his running back room, I mean, those are his two crown jewels, Josh Jacobs and Dalvin Cook. So if I'm Brett right now, 
I don't really know what I would do. I know that we'll get to that in the biggest team need, but like his running back room, like you mentioned, very thin. Yeah, it's not great. Um, his wide receiver room, on the other hand, is pretty deep. Um, he does have a bunch of question mark guys, though. Like he has, so I, I have a bunch of question marks, like Paris Campbell, <laughs> uh, Paris Campbell, Nelson Aguilar, KJ Hamler, and Van Jefferson. Now, talking to Kenny, Kenny thought that all of these guys were going to be good somehow. I don't know how he possibly thought that that was going to happen, but he he does. Um, Paris Campbell, I could I could see it. Um, he was good in that one game he played last year, but he literally got hurt both years. He's been in the NFL. So that's a that's a pretty big if, in my opinion. Um, KJ Hamler, he's at best the third, actually probably at best the fourth option on that team with a bad quarterback. So he's probably not going to be good. Um, Van Jefferson, they just signed Deshaun Jackson. So they'd rather play, pay, pay and play a 35-year-old Deshaun Jackson over Van Jefferson. So he's probably <laughs> not going to be good. Um, and then they got Nelson Aguilar, who's the Patriots number one receiver now, who he, he might, if Cam can throw the football, he might be good. Um, but, and then he's got, he's got guys that he can actually rely on like Julio Jones, Keenan Allen, Marquise Brown, Corey Davis and Sterling Shepard. So he has five guys that like he can count on every week, but then if one of these other guys, like if Paris Campbell and Nelson Aguilar hits, he's got a deep run or deep wide receiver room and he can maybe trade those guys for running backs or like depth running backs or something. I don't know. Like maybe he can trade Paris Campbell for Kenyon Drake or something. I don't know. Like something to kind of solidify. Not a bad idea, like handcuffing it or something. (laughs) Yeah. Something to solidify that a little bit because right now it's like not, not great. Yeah. (laughs) I just want to say that I'm looking at the wide receiver room that you wrote in the show doc right now. I think Kenny, uh, you know, when he listens to this podcast four months down the road, when he finally realizes this is a thing, he's going to be really torn up that you didn't add Rashard Higgins on here. I know we talked about it a lot, but Darren didn't even (laughs) list him as a question mark. He was just like, I'm not even putting him on there kind of thing. He is worthless. (laughs) (laughs) And so, but like you mentioned, this is definitely one of the strengths on this team, which finally we're talking about a strength because it's quarterback room, very spotty. It's not bad, but it's spotty running back. Once again, it's not bad either. It's pretty good, but that's only because the two running backs that he has is good. And after that, there's nothing, but now the wide receiver is very good. Julio Jones. Yeah. He's been uh, up and down, especially due to injury, but when he does actually play, like when he is good to go and actually play, doesn't he average like a hundred yards per game when he actually plays? Like it's something unbelievable. And I'm just like, Whoa. Yeah. Cause I, I saw a stat. I think it might've been on Twitter or something. He averages more yards per game than Megatron does. And I'm just like, all right, well uh, that shouldn't be surprising. But for some reason it was surprising to me only because now I think of, Oh, it's grandpa Julio. But when, once again, when he plays, he plays. And of course everyone knows Keenan Allen is Keenan Allen. And now he's linked to uh, Herbie who we both really, really like. So I feel like, those two are the wide receivers when if I were matched up against them would be the ones I'd be most worried about. Maybe hoping that, um, you know, one of those teams are up against like the Rams. So maybe Ramsey has a good shot at slowing them down and stuff like that. But other than that, the other wide receivers that you mentioned, like Hollywood, Corey Davis, Sterling Shepard, and the other question marks that you have on there. It's not that they're not good, but at least in a fantasy aspect, I'm just like, eh, like, my yeah, players can at least scary. cover what they can do. And yeah. I think I'm a little bit lower on Hollywood than most because I literally watched 
every single Baltimore game last year. And then I'm doing film study now. And when I take a break on film study on rookie prospects, I go back and look at other dynasty players I have. So instead of watching like rookie prospect tapes and stuff like that, I go back to the NFL. I'm like, all right, let me look at what Baltimore did because I have so many Baltimore parts there. And I'm watching uh, Hollywood and I'm just like, Hollywood, I'm so sorry you're open, but there's no fucking way Lamar is getting the ball way over there when he's running over here kind of thing so i feel like i don't know maybe that's just me but like you mentioned there are a lot of good players but if you're up against brett's team uh week one i mean would you be shivering looking at his uh wide receiver room it depends who julio is playing um because that like you know julio he just put up 30 points himself and then so that would that would make me nervous but like you said like Corey davis who knows how good he's going to be against like number one cornerbacks because now he's the number one receiver and before when he was the number one receiver on the titans didn't work out so well um starting shepherd had his best two years of his career when he was in the slot but like even still like he's he's a flex play um you know like he'll he'll get you like a solid outing mm-hmm. but and then hollywood could have that boom or bust game and then and obviously keenan allen's gonna have a good game too um he doesn't have like the ex- absolute like incredible high ceiling that Julio does, but like you can kind of be fearful of Keenan Allen most weeks. Um, as long as he's not telling you he's going to play and then he doesn't play or he does play and then he puts up two points because he's actually hurt or whatever, you know, uh, how that happened this year. I think it was against the Broncos when he was like, Oh yeah, I'm going to play. And then he played and he had like two points, but yeah, absolutely. And so I feel like this next one we're going to talk about is going to be really short because uh, he has the tight end you want. He has the tight end. Everyone wants. And literally the only knock you can say is, oh, he's a little bit older, but nothing in Travis Kelsey's career so far, trajectory, a couple of games that he's played has ever had me to believe, oh, he's looking like he's almost like over the edge. He's getting a little old. Like, I don't think you can do it. Like literally not like he's more explosive than well, obviously way more explosive than Zach Ertz has ever been. But I'm just trying to think of like other tight ends where I'm just like, oh yeah, they're about on standard. Like right now, Travis Kelsey, I don't know how, but he's still like way more explosive than most tight ends. Uh, of course, not including like some of the rookie younger phenoms, uh, Kittle and things like that. But I mean, like the whole point I'm trying to say is normally when they reach this age, especially in a position that's as physical as a tight end, I start to fade him, but you can't. He's with Mahomes. Mahomes, like, Travis Kelsey is the safety blanket, but he's a safety blanket that could break off gigantic plays. And his nickname is Zeus for a reason. And you also said if he was a wide receiver, he would have been a wide receiver one last year. And I feel like that's like, I can't say anything bad about it. (laughs) How about you, Derek? I I mean, he, he's literally going to be like, if he was a, not a tight end and he was listed as a wide receiver, he's going to be, especially with tight end premium. Now he's going to be a top three wide receiver in like points wise. So it doesn't really matter that he's 32 years old. Um, as long as he's playing with Patrick Mahomes, he's probably got at least like two, three years left of like being dominant. Um, he's probably not going to be like a dynasty tight end one or top three tight end anymore because he's going to be so old. And then like there's guys like Kyle Pitts coming in who's, um, people are already like marking him in Hall the Hall of Fame before he even played in the NFL. But you got you got to think that like he'll jump him. George Kittle, who you have, jumps him. Um, but like he's gonna be good in real life, like real life NFL football. Like 
least two two more years like this year and the year after that he's going to be a top three tight end i would think um putting up at least 250 points if if not way more than that because this year he would have had i think 365 points so you got to think like his floor is probably 250 now i'm gonna have to ask the question because it's a common theme of brett's team right now or i guess what kenny has done for brett to inherit is no depth literally none yeah, if Travis nobody. Kelsey goes down, he, <laughs> he I, I honestly don't think he's starting anyone. Like, yeah. I mean, he has what Bryce Hopkins and he has all that. I'm pulling Dawson it up. Knox. Right. Yeah. Dawson, Dawson Knox. Knox. That's probably like, his second best tight end. Yeah. So he's essentially not starting anyone at all. If yeah. Travis Kelsey goes down, which is scary. So I feel like it's little things like that in the back of my mind saying, yeah, I mean, obviously it's a number four ranked team. He made it to the final four, but very much like his team, he's barely there. Like he, he he's there because he, you know, just barely inched over the finish line to be able to get to the final four kind of thing. And so I don't want to take a lot away because he does have a lot of great players, but I feel almost disappointed. I'm like, all right, top four team. I know I threw a lot of shade at all the teams that we led up to this point, except your team. I, I said a lot of good things about your team in this past podcast. But when I got to Kenny, I was like, oh man, top four, it's going to be awesome. Like everyone's getting A plus owner grade. Like this is going to be fantastic but i'm looking at this team and i'm just like oh man they're just like kicking the camper down the road and trying to make it work kind of thing so with that being said a tight end room very very thin but he has kelsey he has he that's sets the standard essentially so i can't say he has a bad tight end room whatsoever and i know i kind of alluded in the beginning the draft picks he has he only has uh what i know he has very few draft picks there what 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 is his uh capital look like right now yeah, so this this year coming up, he has three third round picks, and <laughs> the the year after in twenty twenty two, he has all of his picks from the second to the fourth round. So he doesn't have his first; gotcha. he traded it for Julio. But um, he's he's lacking to say the least in that area. So I guess he could just take a bunch of flyers in the third. I guess like at that point, he yeah. needs depth. But at the same time, you don't want like a Dawson Knox. You don't want, not not saying Dawson Knox isn't good. That's not what I'm saying at all. But you don't want to get guys who you think would be safe because he might find a role somewhere. At that point, if I was Brett, I'd be like, I got to hit home runs now. Like, I feel like my team can go all the way. And that is something that Brett told me, like, I think with the championship. Well, Brett, put your money where your mouth is. These third round picks, I expect you to go swinging, not oh, okay, he went on to this team. Let me look at the depth chart. Oh, look, this person might actually get some starting time. So let me draft him. So blah. I'll be like, no, 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 no. Go for who you honestly believe will be the best and just hope that it materializes. Because, I mean, in the PDL, there have been a few, not not a lot, but there have been a few players drafted in the third that ex- absolutely exploded. And so that's kind of what Brett has to pray for that happens to kind of solidify this roster a little bit more. What do you think, Derek? Yeah, I mean, if I'm him, I'm probably just taking three shots on running backs in that third round, just just to hope that one of them is good. <laughs> like, just just pray to God. So, what do you think uh, the biggest team need is for Brett? And like, what would you do if you just took over this team? Like, what would you do? Because everyone looks up to how you're able to kind of revolutionize and change a team. So, let's say. Uh, you were never in the PDL, but you're kind of my co-owner or whatever. And then I finally ask you, hey, Kenny left, take over Kenny's team. And this is the team that you got. What would you do? Uh, my first my first thought would be to try and like get maximum value and get youth. 
Um, if I didn't think I could get maximum value, I would actually probably just try and win. Um, but I think that's like his, his biggest team need is, is youth. Like he literally, his quarterbacks are all old. His wide receivers are pretty old, uh, minus Hollywood and Corey Davis. Travis Kelsey's old. Big Ben's old. Like, so he's got a, he needs youth. Like he needs an influx of youth, which is actually the Hollywood trade actually helped him a little bit because he got, he did get a little bit younger. Like his, his average team age probably dropped by like 0.5 or something. Like he probably helped him a little bit because he got four years younger there. But I, I don't know. Like, I think what I would do is try and get younger, but I, I realized that with some of these players, it's going to, it would be hard to do. So I would probably just stick with it and try and win. And then next year, blow it up, I guess. Okay. That's interesting. So you say one more year, try, try to win it all one more year and then try to blow it up kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Because then 2023 he'll have his own first round pick um, next year. He's still going to be able to get good value for like Dalvin cook, Josh Jacobs, like those guys will still be able to get good value for him. So yeah, I think, I, uh, Travis Kelsey too, probably. I, I agree. But for me right now, and this is very hypocritical of me to say, but I think I would blow it up now. Because I'm thinking of the value of the players that, like, Kelsey. Can, can you see his value getting any higher than right now? No, yeah. There, there's definitely not. Good next Oh, no, year, no, but... no, yeah. He would still be the tight end one most likely, and he'd still be able to yeah. get a haul, especially in tight end premium. But, I mean, like, the stat you just said, oh, well, this very past season, the most recent season, he was already the wide receiver one. But now let's put in tight end premium. Like, if I was Brett, I would lean into that fucking hard i would yeah. look at some teams that feel like they're right on the cusp like me before i got kittle i'd be like tommy you gotta give me the fucking house for kelsey and i'll give it to you but it comes with a price tag and i honestly was considering it for a while uh and then i eventually just made the kittle trade instead but like kelsey i think he's at maximum value uh dalvin cook like you said, I think his value is, is pretty set. Like it's going to be good this year and it's going to be good next year. So that's not that big of a deal. But I mean, other players like maybe Julio is this, uh, actually maybe he just had a little bit down here, but like a lot of players right now, I feel like the longer you wait, they lose a little bit. And right now with how top heavy this league is right now, right now is a time where I would look at some things and be like, hey, like Max, you look like you could win it all. Or hey, Welch, if you're trying to go all in, I have a player that might be able to give you that extra edge to put you on the same tier um, as Tommy and Max and stuff like, like that's what I would do if I was him right now, because I'm not saying that Brett doesn't have a chance, but I feel like he has a, a, a lot more obstacles in the way. And my biggest fear isn't just the fact that I don't think his team is right there yet, but literally he's one injury away from just plummeting from yeah, like going true. from top four to literally <laughs> bottom four or actually maybe not that big of a drop but you know what i'm trying to say like if he had a little bit of depth saying no no even if even if uh, uh uh josh jacobs goes down even if uh keenan allen goes down he will have enough just barely to continue to stay there uh yeah i mean sure he does but that's not what i'm saying you need to win a championship or what's the point? Or that's the way I view fantasy and yeah. football in general. So for me, because of that fact that I know that this team has no depth, I'd be like, there's no point. They're, they're like, yeah, I have Kelsey. Woohoo. I have Dalvin cook. Yay. But after that, if either of them get hurt, I know I'm bones. So might as well try to cash in for absolute high value. But once again, that's easy for me to say. If there's no takers, then obviously I'm not going to trade any of them just for the sake of trading them. But I'm just saying, if I was Brett, if someone does come knocking on my door or I knock on their door and 
kind of get the value that I am seeking, then that would be my way that personally I would go. But kind of like yeah. uh, the grand notion is you can't trade like uh, in all the mock drafts I see like, oh, yeah, the Eagles should trade down or this team should trade down. I'm like, it's not as easy as just saying they'll tra- you need a buyer first. You can't just say trade down just for the sake of it kind of thing. And that's kind of what I'm saying for Brett. Like if you can't make any trades and go for it again, uh, you definitely have a shot to be able to do so. But I would be actively shopping. Yeah, because you're right. Because like if he went to Max and he was like, hey, give me the 1.06 and your first next year for Kelsey. I'm sure Max would consider that at least because that probably would win him the league. Um, yeah. If he added Travis Kelsey to that team, he's probably going. It's to over. I, I have no shot. I have nothing. <laughs> like, like I thought, Max I think right now personally, uh, and, and this is a podcast and we keep everything 100 and we keep it truth. When I got Kittle, I was like, all right, Max's team was really scary. But now that I have Kittle, that gives me enough room to be like, okay, I can breathe a little bit. Uh, I'm not saying I can run, him back, run it back because I still think Max's team is a little bit better than my... Eh, I, I would say it's a push now, but because I have Kittle, I'm like, all right, cool. But if Max went out, whipped out his dick and got Kelsey, I'd be like, well, yeah, you're, is, you're it, is it time to blow it up? <laughs> like, is it time for me to blow it up? Because I can't win it this year. Like, uh, maybe I can, but I, Max's team is Max's team. So might as well just, instead of trying to kick the can and compete, I'm just going to be like, maybe I'll just admit defeat. I don't know what I'm going to do. We'll see. But like you said, if I am Brett, that's 100% what I'm doing. And that's funny for me to say, because that's absolutely not what I want him to do. Yeah, it's, I don't, I don't know. Now that I say that, Max should probably be considering that at least. No, 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 I mean, no, no. He, just he get Pitts, just get Pitts, Max, and don't get Kelsey, and just pray that Pitts works out. And actually, no, don't even draft Pitts, dude. He's a tight end. Why are you drafting a tight end that early, you weirdo? Just go with who you have. You have like eight thousand tight ends. You're fine. You're fine. But sorry, we're we're getting off to the point. But all right, owner grade. Let's say this um, is going to be a special one. Let's let's do an owner grade for Kenny. Yeah. Um, your final owner grade for him because now he has been relegated over to co-owner. And then I, I guess, uh, yeah, it's not fair for you to do any kind of owner grade for Brett, but I'll, I'll give a little thing for Brett at the end. But what would your owner grade for just Kenny be? Uh, for Kenny, I would say whatever I gave Kev, it would be lower than that. I think I gave Kev a D, right? So Kenny would probably be a D minus, maybe maybe a, an F because oh of my these, goodness. these trades that he's he made. Um, the the Higgins. You do know he has like the Robinson. winningest win percentage ever. I I know, but he just made his team. Like if he didn't trade Allen Robinson and Robbie Anderson, he probably would have won the league. <laughs> like if he didn't trade Mike That's Gusecki true. and Allen That's Robinson, and Robbie Anderson, and like, like I barely stood by won. against the guy. But if he had both of those, I think I would have yeah, lost. Like, like he just made all these stupid trade after stupid trade. And like, I was like, what, like, what is he doing? Like, uh, uh, so I, I just, it's gotta be the worst grade I've given so far because he, although he did finish a lot or second place and he was, he was right there, you know? And if he didn't do all these bonehead things, he probably would have won. The you know what happened? You, you're, you're DeAndre Hopkins. You were, you were in Houston, you were a bright shining star, then you left and you continued to dominate wherever you went. <laughs> and then after you left, after you left Kenny's shitty organization, they just started to fall apart. And then Kenny is now out as an owner. <laughs> That's what <laughs> happened. But for me, owner grade wise, I don't remember what I gave Kev. So I think I have to do the same thing. Uh, Kev is very reluctant to make a lot of trades, but when he does, it, it's typically a push. But Kenny, he definitely won some, but 
there are some trades, especially the Nick Foles one. I cannot look past that one. I have, yeah. even at the time, I was like, what in the, like, I understand quarterbacks are very valuable in super flex. Like, I'm not dumb to that fact, but the fact that he gave up Gesicki in a second for someone like Foles, I was like, bro, what, what yeah, in the what world are you, are you doing? And then, like you mentioned, if he didn't do that Allen Robinson, Robbie Anderson, Anderson, Anderson trade, he, who knows? I think he would have won the league. And there's no way I would have been able to ask him to resign because he just won the league. So he would still own his team. And so because of that fact, I don't know exactly what letter grade I would give him, but that's okay because, you know, he's not in the league anymore. And so as far as Brett goes, I'm very excited to see what Brett does. I feel like Brett usually has pretty good success in fantasy, but, and this is definitely me tooting our own horn pdl is a different beast the way that we value players are wildly different than what the consensus could be sometimes and we have yeah. i think the reason why the pdl is different to me isn't the activity isn't how active people are it's just how smart everyone is like what steve brings to the table what max brings to the table welch mike you me like we all are just really smart when it comes to football so that's why it's so taxing when it comes to negotiations because i know if i'm trying to spin a narrative somewhere max will shut that shit down right away and be like no look at these twitter analytics and look at these 17 trade calculators and i'm just like gee okay this is why i don't trade with max this is why it'll never happen because it's so hard to try to be like oh maybe i could get this because you know i won't be able to get the value i want because he values players the way i do and that's why i don't trade with you darren not because you're quote unquote deteriorating or badger not at all if anything, it's because you and I view the players the same exact way. So I know I'm going to have to pay maximum value for whoever I want. And I'm sure you view it the yeah. same. Like, oh, with yeah. Tommy, I'm not going to try to get J.K. Dobbins because I know Tommy views J.K. Dobbins the way I view J.K. Dobbins. So there's no point kind of thing. And so yeah. I think that's what separates the PDL. There's just so many smart minds. And that's why I am so excited for this upcoming rookie draft because I know you and I have heard how amazingly studious and smart Mike is when it comes to prospect evaluations and I see it, I know he is. And so I'm waiting for him to smash this draft out of the park. And I'd be like, fuck, here's another super yeah. team. Here we go. Yeah, and that's he's... when like the parody and the PDL is going to start happening because right now, in my opinion, I see max me and then everyone else, but next year it's going to be max me. I'm, I'm actually going to be on the way out slowly. Cause I understand how my team is. So I'm going to be at the bottom tier of that tier, but then I'm going to have to put you up in that tier. Cause you have three first round picks. Uh, I mean, Servos is pretty much rebuilding his team through the draft. He has two, three, four. He's going to move yep. up to maybe that tier. Who knows what Brett's going to do? Who know, You know what I mean? Like, it, it, this is what makes it so fun. This is, this is why the PDL to me is so exciting. And so that's why for Brett specifically, he's only made like one move. And of course, he's a school teacher and all that kind of stuff. So he does his due diligence to catch up. So it's almost like me being like, all right, buddy, you had, you had extreme success in redraft fantasy football. I know you have you've dipped your toes a lot in like a couple of dynasty leagues. Now welcome to the PDL. Let's see what you can do in the big leagues, in my opinion. So I think I'm really excited to see how his talent transitions into this part. So uh, owner grade for Brett, I can't give him one, but I'm excited for next year when we do this series again to, you know, kind of compare. Be like, oh, remember last year we gave Kev, you know, a C or D or whatever, or let's see what it is now, kind of thing. I think that'll be a lot of fun, in my opinion, right? Yeah, he's starting off on the right foot so far with that trade he made with you. I, I think he he recognized he needed to have a better RB2, and he he got it. So, um, 
Yeah. You, so you made with, a good move. <laughs> yeah. And with all of that being said, let's uh, cleanse our palate. Let's change things up. Let's have some dessert, Darren. Uh, originally, I was actually going to ask you who your favorite rookie prospect was in this upcoming draft, but I realized how unfair that was because that was kind of a similar position I put Max in in the last episode. And you have three first round picks. So I don't want you to be like, oh, my favorite is uh, Devontae Smith or, you know, chase or whoever because you're probably praying whoever you like will fall to you so i kind of changed it up and i think this is actually going to be a lot more fun and i know you said you had someone in mind and i i'm trying to guess who it is and i can't but i I, i'm going to try to guess and i think that'll make it extra fun so the question is who is your favorite rookie prospect in the past decade or ever it doesn't really matter and so i know you know who you have in mind can you give me like one tip maybe that might put me on the right track without just completely giving it away or maybe like what draft class or something like that shit i have no idea what year but i do i do want to say i'll I'll say who the non-quarterback i think is the my favorite prospect in this draft is Kyle Pitts. I think he's the most, he's Ooh, more, you're he's just, more you're just letting us, than, you're giving us a bonus. <laughs> he's more of a lock than Jamar chase. Um, I just think that whoever takes him, he's going to be a top 10 pick easily. So whoever uses him, it's going to utilize him. Like you're not going to spend a top 10 pick on a guy and not utilize him. Um, he's basically Can I disclose a something receiver. to you, Dare. What? When I was in that pickle, when I knew I needed to add a tight end, I was going to reach out to Mike and be like, all right, Mike, what am I going to possibly have to do to get your last first round pick? Because I'll give you, I don't know, JK Dobbins and maybe some additional picks to see if I can get it. But I didn't think Mike was going to even do it. So I didn't reach out, but now I'm kicking myself because I feel like I should have done it. And all this was for pits. All this was for pits. And I'm I'm putting it on the line. I was going to trade up with Mike. Uh, give him my second, give him Dobbins. And I feel like that would have been more than enough, but yeah, I, I just don't know. I, I, I stopped myself, but now I'm kicking myself saying, damn, maybe that is what I should have done to get someone like Pitts on my team. Cause he's, he's legit. Like he's the size of Calvin Johnson. He's like basically almost as, as let, athletic as Calvin Johnson, like, and he's playing tight end where he's going to be matched up against shitty players. Yeah. So, he's going to be matched up against, uh, you know, linebackers safeties i don't care how athletic you are but you're not a coverage corner yeah, what are you gonna do yeah what are you gonna like, do against what a 6'6 250 he'll run past you he'll outmuscle you yeah hell put put it put a corner on him too it doesn't fucking matter he's gonna outmuscle and jump them too yeah like i don't know what you're gonna do and and like max is max is kind of hinting that he might not take him i'm calling it right now it's a fucking smoke screen it's a smoke screen 1.08 i'm running up the card you're not, you're not like, you're not even going to be on the clock. Yeah. I'll be like, Dan, I don't know how you pick pits already, but, um, all right. I guess it's whoever's turn is next. As soon as you're on the clock, I'll be like, all right, you, you, all right. I already know what it is. <laughs> but going back to my favorite prospect, I will say he, he was a running back. I can, you, I can say okay. that. I have no idea what, what year he was drafted. It was, it was at least, I want to say at least 10 years ago, but I don't. I'm oh, exactly. I know. I know. I know now. Is it Ricky Williams? No. <laughs> oh, was like you loved Ricky Williams, my man. I did, yeah. I did, All right, who yeah. was it? Who's your favorite rookie prospect ever and why? Reggie Bush. Oh um, shit, that's so true. You were so oh damn it. He was should have got my, and like you know how they're doing like a number thing now where running backs can wear like the one like number 49. one. Yeah. Yeah, and he was trying so hard to get the number five like he had in college. Like I Dude, little Darren because... would have had to change his pants like eight times if Reggie Bush came into the league and was able to wear number five. Yeah, number five. Like at, like at USC. Like, 
he was the the best college football player I've still to this day I think the best college football player I've seen like the stuff that he was doing it was just like everyone looked it, like they're all molasses or walking in molasses right yeah. like everyone looked like Thaddeus Moss out there compared to yeah. Reggie Bush and, and unfortunately he didn't like live up to being like but he was Barry still Sanders good. or something yeah he was still good but he wasn't like Barry Sanders good like what kind of what everyone expected um, and I think that's actually a testament to how good Reggie Bush was. Cause when you look at his career, you're like, damn, he was good. But then I'm like, yeah, it's kind of disappointing though. Right. And then I would look at his stats. I'm like, holy shit. He was so good. But I'm like, but he wasn't Reggie Bush. Good. He should have been better. Yeah. I feel like yeah. that almost is a knock on, but oh man, what a great, would you have easily trade? Like what if Reggie Bush was coming out now? Would you would probably try to trade out for him? Right. Yeah. If, if I needed to get to like the 1.01, I would have traded like probably three or four first round picks to get him. <laughs> Dude, he was unbelievable. <laughs> He's like my one of my all time favorite players. All right, that makes sense. That makes sense. All right, so my favorite rookie prospect within the past decade, Darren. Do you have a guess? Mine is also not a quarterback. So is it a running back or? He was a wide receiver, actually. Uh, Is it Kevin White? <laughs> Ooh, you know, I did like Kevin White, but at that time, I didn't break down prospects as much as I do now. So, like, there are some players I have heard of, and I think you have slowly seen my development of watching college yeah. film, right? Because you, you, we've yeah. been friends a long time, and I would always ask you before the college season started, being like, all right, who are some rookies I should keep my eye on? And you would tell me, and I would actually write it. I don't even know if you knew this, but I would write everyone you said on my phone. And I would put their team name next to them because I wouldn't even know what team name. I wouldn't even know what position they were. And then with that, whatever you told me, I would go on the internet. I would look up what position they are. I would look up some of their schedule. And anytime I would randomly watch a game on Saturday, like I didn't go out of my way to watch college football, but I would then, you know, watch on whatever game is on prime time, look at what team and then refer back to this little notes thing I have on my phone and be like, all right, who are some players that Darren told me that I should keep an eye on? And I would follow them that way. This player, however, Actually, I knew about beforehand, and this is recency bias, and I understand why, but I have proof to show you how much I like this player. It's Mr. A.J. Brown. Once again, recency bias is a hell of a drug, but for those of you who don't know, I was pretty active in the Reddit community, and I used to do these prospect breakdowns, and I was not an expert, but I was pretty good at breaking down quarterbacks. That's almost all I ever did. I had a Darnold one. I had Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield. Like I had a bunch of different quarterbacks I broke down, but I almost never broke down skilled possession players because I didn't trust myself enough. Like I like people, I'm not saying people would look up to what I had to say, but you know, you know how Reddit is. If anyone is wrong, even in the dumbest little mistake or whatever, they'll tear you apart. And I was like, I am not good enough at evaluating skill position players yet. Whereas I barely had confidence to be able to break down quarterbacks and these reviews or whatever, they like, they got a lot of attention. And so I was like, all right, finally, let me, let me break down a skilled position player. And when I did this, I looked through the list and I was like, all right, I got to do AJ Brown. Like he's by far my favorite player in this draft and let me do a breakdown on him. And so I did the breakdown and the more and more film I looked into him and whatever, I fell in love. And so when I say I have proof, that's my only proof. If you look through my old Darius Geis Reddit handle and look at all my submitted breakdowns, there's literally only one skill position player. And that's AJ Brown. I did that specifically because I was like, yep, I don't need to really break anyone else down because he's kind of amazing. And 
he, he's been absolutely phenomenal. And then one, one last player I wanted to mention was Nick Chubb, because I think you and I have a funny story with Nick Chubb, right, Darren? Do you recall? Yeah, because that was like the one guy that you knew that I didn't know who he was because he was like, he was Todd Gurley's backup. Yeah, yeah. I was watching a Georgia game and I heard so much hype about Todd Gurley, right? And I knew Todd Gurley was on Georgia and I tuned into a Georgia game and obviously uh, Todd Gurley was hurt and I didn't even know that at the time because that's how little I knew about college football. And so I saw this running back just pop off and I was like, damn, Gurley is as good as advertised. Like this guy is phenomenal. And everyone's like, yeah, this backup Chubb, he's 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 uh, really picking up the load. He's filling in the shoes. I was like, hold on a second. This isn't even Gurley. And I kept watching. And then I remember that day I texted you saying, yo, what about this Chubb guy, huh? And you're like, what the fuck are you talking about? And I was like, who? Yeah, I, but like, it's not Darren's fault. I think this was literally Nick Chubb's the very first, first start, like ever. Yeah. Like first game ever. And I was like, dude, this Nick Chubb guy, you got to keep your eye on him. And you're like, all right, whatever. And so, you know, me being the douchebag, I was like, oh, finally, I, I know one person Darren doesn't know. Like I'm planting my flag on this guy. And then of course the next year he tore his ACL or something. He, and he didn't play the entire yeah, year. And I was like, yeah, like he almost died. And people were like, yeah, he's not going to walk ever again. I was like, well, that was fun. <laughs> At least he was okay. And then he came back and he still looked pretty damn good for what he did. I was like, all right, whatever. Like it was almost a meme at that point. I was like, I got to say, I like Nick Chubb the most, but at the time I actually did really like Nick Chubb and now seeing what he's doing. And uh, good. yeah. And I, I, I don't want to be a fraud though. I did not think Nick Chubb was going to be this good. I liked him a lot, but that's why I like to be honest. I don't want to be the guy be like, Oh yeah, I knew Nick Chubb before Darren did. So all like I'm the goat prospect of that. No, no, I can't. I can't in good conscience say I knew he was going to be as good as he did, but that's almost a preface to say I knew AJ Brown was going to be this good, but it is also my fault because when he got drafted to the Titans, I didn't fade him, but I was like, fuck like they took Corey Davis, like top five or whatever. And like, or top 10 or whatever. And he can't even, pan out so why should i believe yeah. that aj brown can but in my defense Mariota was no longer the quarterback and as soon as Mariota left and Tannehill came in that's when aj brown kind of exploded so it's not really yeah. my fault that i think because i was kind of right but yeah once again it is definitely recency bias but at the same time my defense is i didn't i, I still don't watch a lot of college football and actually no i don't watch almost any college football i do a lot of like film work but i don't like watch games live and stuff like that where i should but Oh man. But Darren, do you have anyone more um, recent that you really, really like? Um besides Kyle Pitts, apparently. <laughs> um putting you on the spot, I, man. Did I, you I did like really Odell like... as much as you do now when he was in college, or was it in, it wasn't until he came to New York where you're like, holy shit? I liked him, but I didn't think he was gonna be as good as he was like right away. Like I yeah, thought, I, I didn't especially think especially so. when he got drafted to the Giants, I was like, oh god. <laughs> he's got like, freaking Eli throwing him the ball. God, he's gonna suck. I, I definitely, I really like CD. That's why I like, like, um, yeah, yep, I didn't know that. Pod. <clears throat> I think he's you and I, we both had him. CD over Judy. Yeah, and, and I, I really like Judy too, but like CD Lamb's just on another level compared to him. Um, yeah, I think that, especially with, with Drew Lock, like, what are you gonna do with that? But, <laughs> <laughs> it's a quarterback that, handicap. Like, and I love I love Saquon, but um, you know you know how that goes. I was still really really stupid pick taking him in the second pick of the draft. That was really dumb. Um, good good job by Dave Gettleman there, but um, he looked like crap last year before he got hurt. And hopefully he's better this year because their offensive line still stinks. Um, 
and that's kind of the only thing that matters to a running back, you know, like you have to have a good offensive line to be good. Yeah. Yeah. So um that's kind of why Zeke looked looked shittier this year because he their whole offensive line was hurt for the most part. For sure. Um, yeah. You you need it. It's important. Like you need you need an offensive line as a running back. So I don't know. Like he's obviously one of the Barry Sanders begs three. We will okay. He's the exception. He's the outlier. <laughs> he's <laughs> he, literally he the only one. <laughs> he was the only running back that didn't need anything at all. Like he just he could have just been him versus eleven guys and he would be fine. <laughs> he would still average like five yards a carry. <laughs> yeah. He, he would, would hold the ball circles. himself and he will say hike. And there, he's literally the only one on the team and he would still gain five yards at a minimum. Yeah, that's why that's why he had such a short career though, because he just was doing everything himself for all that time. Yeah, it was like, yes. I'm tired of this. Like this is this is yeah. bull. But I know one thing that you mentioned is you really like Kyle Pitts. So I feel like it's only fair for me to plant my flag on a rookie. And I have no I have no first round picks. So I, I can say this as freely as I want. I have nothing to lose, but I want to refer back if I was right or not. But it it's it's kind of similar like you. I mean, is it a risk to say Kyle Pitts is one that you want to plant your flag on because he looks like a generational talent? A fit, um athlete i should say not not a football player but at least on an athlete scale for me it's uh and it's it should be no surprise to you at all darren it's chase shamar chase it, it's a no-brainer yeah. for me okay. you've known that i've had a hard on for jamar chase for a very very long time it's because i really love that lsu team that joe burrow was on but um here let's play a quick game real quick uh is justin jefferson a good wide receiver darren yeah and who is that other wide receiver that is an LSU that kind of was the top dog after Jamar Chase opted out? Terrace Marshall. Yep. Terrace Marshall. And he is getting mocked higher and higher and higher. And I've been seeing some people take hot takes saying something along the lines of Jamar Chase wasn't even the third or like, yeah, like he's the third best wide receiver on his team back in like 2019. And I was like, what did you like, you have eyeballs. Did you watch football? Like, of course, everything was a little bit inflated with Joe Burrow because he had the greatest single season ever as a quarterback. But when Jamar Chase was on the field, he gave me what I, he, he did everything I wanted to see. He had a lot of the AG Brownness of just being that alpha. He outmuscled people. I understand he's not as big as people want him to be. I know AG Brown is only six foot, but he's at least like 230 pounds. Whereas Jamar Chase is, you know, a little bit thinner. I think he's barely 200 pounds. And I know a lot of people get really caught up in that, but I think this is me being the old man, raising my fist in the air, being like, guys, like since when has football literally just been about how much you weigh versus how tall you are? Like when I look at my roster of my dynasty football team right now, I'm not like, Oh, I'm not going to trade for this person. Cause you're a little bit thin or a little too fat. No, like you either play football or you can't. And when I saw Jamar chase, he had it. I don't know what it was, but he just played like a bully, but not just a bully. He also runs good routes. He also has great hands. And I don't know. Whenever I watch him, I'm like, all right, whatever I liked in AJ Brown is also in Jamar Chase. So I'm really excited to see where he goes. And so that's why sometimes maybe these expert analysts try to get too cute and be like, you know, nah. But my biggest thing was Jamar Chase was so fucking good that he made Justin Jefferson look not as good. And that's not me. That's not me saying yeah. Justin Jefferson didn't look good. In co- he was phenomenal in college. He was amazing. If Jamar Chase was not even on that team and he only got Justin Jefferson's stats, he looked great. But because of the fact that Jamar Chase was on that team, he just didn't look as good. That's just how dominant he was. And they're on the field at the same time, many, many times. But anytime my eyeballs at least watched those games, I was like, 
holy shit, who's this chase guy? Like what? Like this is, this guy is unbelievable. And so he was so good as a sophomore that he almost made Justin Jefferson not look nearly as dominant as he is. And now we see how Justin Jefferson did. I know a lot of it is landing spot as well, but for me, if I had a first round pick, I won't make that mistake. I wouldn't make that mistake. Obviously the big mistake I made in the PDLs, I had a shot at AJ Brown. I didn't take it. Now I've learned from that. So if I had a first round pick and I know I wanted a wide receiver, there's no way I'm not taking, I don't care where he lands. He can land on the fucking Eagles and I'll still take him. And that's, that's saying a lot, Darren. <laughs> I fucking hate the Eagles and any wide receiver they draft. Why don't you trade DK for AJ Brown? Um, I don't, I don't think, uh, I don't think Mike would do that. I mean, you never know. Like if I just straight up went over to him right now and just sent, hey, yo, for DK Metcalf, give me AJ Brown. I honestly don't think he would do it. They're they're probably wide receiver one and two or two. I was gonna say I think they might be ah no Justin Jefferson, right? Yeah, he's he's up there, but like the top three is probably Jefferson, DK, and AJ Brown. All right, one last game. One last game. Let's talk about those three right there before we end the dessert portion and the whole podcast in general, only because I know, hey, it's my show, our show. Sorry. So I get to talk to you about football as much as I want. So all right, let's say you are a you are an AJ Brown owner right now. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the two owners of the other wide receiver we just talked about, just straight up ask you to trade one for one DK Metcalf or Justin Jefferson. Would you take either of them? Or would you hold? Um, I would definitely consider it for both. Actually. Um, it, it's mm. kind of like a preference thing. Like if you, if you like, either of those guys, if you like Jefferson or DK more than AJ Brown, I think it's totally fine to take that. Um, it's just, I guess the question would be, which of those three are you more, not, not, not which one's better. That's not what I'm saying, but which one do you like more? I think DK with, with Ross, I think DK with Ross is the best of the three. Um, and it seems like Ross isn't going anywhere. So I guess I would say DK, but it's like, it's like very close. Like I don't think it could be any closer. Yeah. I think for me personally, I have, I have. AJ Brown 1A, then Metcalf 1B. Very similar to what you said. I like AJ Brown more, but I also don't want to be ignorant to the fact that DK Metcalf has um what's his face? Uh Russ. And didn't they yeah. just fire their offensive coordinator as well? Yeah, they did. The most uncreative offensive creator or uh coordinator, like in a while yeah, kind shot. of thing. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like that should be an upgrade. And I know. Russ has made it very known. He was like, I am tired of running the ball and only throwing it like when we are really far down or you just need me to like, why can't we just do that from the beginning? And that's what they did at the beginning of last season. And he was legit the MVP. And then they're like, Oh, you know what? Let's, let's run it again. And then they got all shitty and inconsistent. I was just like, what are they doing? Like, I don't understand. And so I don't really blame Russell Wilson for getting upset about it, but I feel like now Pete Carroll must have blew enough smoke up, you know, Russ's butt to be like, no, don't worry. We will throw, or, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll strike a better balance. So for me, that's encouraging because when I look at the Seahawks wide receiver core, I mean, Lockett is amazing and his chemistry with Russ has been great. And maybe I have been drinking a little bit too much of the Kool-Aid because I've been listening to Russ's podcast here and there. And dude, Russ believes in DK as much as DK believes in DK. And that's all I need to hear. And Russ yeah. isn't afraid to chuck it to DK. So I'm like, all right, cool. At least I have them kind of thing. So yeah, man, I, I, I still like AJ Brown a little bit more just because I, 
I mean, they're on the same football team, you know, in college. And I liked AJ Brown more than two. So I feel like I have to be true to myself and be like, oh man, dude, I like, I like AJ Brown. Yeah. 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 But man, oh man. So there's, if you had the top picks and you were looking for a skill position player and you had a team that needed both wide receiver, running back and tight end, would you take Kyle Pitts over all of them if you had that shot? With a change of tight end premium, probably. Um, wow. Because I, I think that he's he's either going to – it seems like right now he's either going to go to Atlanta, um, Cincinnati, or he's going to go to um, Dallas. All three of those teams have good quarterbacks. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. That's like a wet dream. <laughs> awesome. All right, guys. I'm finally going to wrap up this pod, but I did want to actually change course a little bit like we just did. Where Darren and I, we just talk about random things about football, but literally what we're talking about right now is how it's like, now I don't even want to say nine. It's like 100% of the conversation Darren and I have whenever we're on Xbox or whatever. We just talk about random football stuff. And that's what kind of inspired us to be like, why don't we just make a pod? I mean, we talk about it all the time anyway. And so I know this podcast was mostly meant to kind of cover Brett's team, but because Brett is so new, it was kind of like that weird pseudo episode where we talk about a lot of different areas. But one thing I did want to stress is be like, all right, at the end of the, for the dessert in my mind, I was like, I'm going to just talk to Darren about football because I think it'll be fun to play mini games like, like that here and there. But yeah, before I wrap up for a close there, I got to always ask any final messages or anything like that. Um, no, I, I would say maybe, maybe Max consider that trade for Travis Kelsey. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, if I actually edited this podcast, I definitely would have cut that out, but cut that out. <laughs> yeah, right. But I'm not going to, I'm too lazy for that, but yeah, I hope everyone has a good time. Thank you everyone for showing up to the owner's meeting. I am slowly figuring out what I'm going to be doing for all those dues and stuff like that. But Hey, the PDL rookie draft is now scheduled. It's going to be one month after the NFL draft. So, Hey, we're om- what we're at the midpoint of April. We just have the second half to go. And then finally we have the regular NFL draft and I cannot wait to see how crazy things get, but thanks for joining us, Darren. Thanks for being here. And I can't wait to see what you do with your team. Thank you for tuning in to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed your meal. We'll catch you next time.